Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you guys today. I don't know if that's coming through or not. It is? Yep, cool. Um, yeah, so we are in the last uh, message in this vision series. So we've done six um, and just finishing off today. So I've been talking about it every week. So hopefully you're sort of getting it in your head now. Um, if you can just click on to the next one, um, Josh, that'd be good. Um, and this is the new statement that we've kind of been unpacking um, that kind of our purpose as a church or our big picture vision or broad vision is to see the kingdom of God realized by being a growing family. So it's about the kingdom, but the church being a family made up of devoted followers of Jesus who love him wholeheartedly and live as his people in the world. And sort of unpacking that one step at a time and then our mission statement kind of takes that vision and then um, puts it in the frame of knowing, growing, going, which we've had as a church um, for, for a long time um, and kind of just giving some more definition to that, that we are here um, focused on knowing God and loving him wholeheartedly in worship and, and intimacy and relationship. Um, and last week we talked about not just knowing God, but then growing as devoted followers of Jesus together, actually grow and go on this journey of transformation to become more like Jesus. And not just that, but then we go and live as his people in the world, representing him. Uh, that's what we're going to focus on today and kind of unpack this a bit more. What does this mean to be going and living as his people in the world? I'm going to kind of do what we've done the last few weeks is basically just take the statement and just break it down into sections, look at a heap of different scriptures, some quotes, and kind of just think, well, what, what does this really mean um, to be a church that's focused on knowing, growing, and going? So I'm just going to pray and then, um, then we'll start to just unpack that this morning. So Father, we just thank you... Um, yeah, for your word and your spirit for your church. Thank you for how you've worked here at Rivers for over four decades. Um, been using us as your witnesses in, in Kalanger and, and Pine Rivers and this region. And Lord, we just ask that we'd be positioned for whatever you want to do in this next season. I just ask you to speak to us even today, um, just personally and corporately. Um, just that we would be your people in this world. Uh, show us what that means and, and just yeah, speak to us by your spirit in this time, we pray. Amen. Okay, so to start with, we're actually called to be people who go. Um, we're saying knowing God, growing as we follow Jesus, but also going. There's this outward focus as a church. Um, there's an upward focus on God, there's in a sense an inward focus together and growing together and growing internally ourselves, but then there's also an outward focus in that we're actually sent out. Um, and Jesus even modeled this. Jesus went from heaven, he left and came to earth and was sent by the Father. And then he says at the end of his ministry, he, he appears again to the disciples and in John, he says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. He says that to his disciples, and then that carries down through his church and his followers, that like God sent Jesus, Jesus then sends his church into the world to represent him, um, actually being sent. The, the, probably one of the main passages that is about this particular idea of going is, is at the end of Matthew, when Jesus again is risen from the dead. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He's the true king. He's the true Lord of the world. Because of that, he says, go and make disciples of all nations or apprentices or learners. Teach people to live knowing Jesus. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Probably one of the most famous verses about going. Being Jesus commissions his disciples and sends them and says, go into all the world, share the good news about who I am, teach people to live in this kingdom. Um, so it's this sense of being sent. Um, they were there together with Jesus, and now he says, go. He, he sends them out. And we are also people who are sent. Um, Tom Wright says it this way, the church exists, in other words, for what we sometimes call mission, to announce to the world that Jesus is its Lord. This is the good news. And when it's announced, it transforms people and societies. So we're not, we're not a, an organization that just has some tips about how to live a good life, or we're not an organization that just has um, some ideas and some good advice about life. We are here because of an event, something that actually happened in history, that, that God entered the story. He, he's rescued us, that Jesus is alive, risen from the dead. That's news, something that's actually happened. And we share that. We, we, we spread that news, that Jesus is actually the true Lord, that actually all of history, all of life finds its meaning and purpose in him, that he's the one everything's heading towards, that he's the true light of the world, that that's good news. And, and what happens is people hear that good news and they actually start to realize, actually, yeah, I, I believe that. I believe Jesus. He's, he's true. He says, those who belong to Jesus are called here and now in the power of the Spirit to be agents of that putting to right purpose, that Jesus is at work to put the world to right, to fix, to heal, to restore. The word mission comes from the Latin for sent. As the Father sent me, said Jesus after his resurrection, I am sending you. So to go is this idea of being sent. And the idea of being sent is the idea of being on mission. So that's kind of a normal thing we think of when we think of missionaries. Like even with the Pays guys have, in a sense, been sent by their church, by God, being called to come to Australia and serve here for a year or two in youth ministry. Um, there's many people in our church who have been missionaries, who have felt called and then been sent to other countries, Vanuatu, Singapore, other places all around the world, Zimbabwe, all, all, different, all different places, maybe for short term, maybe for long term. We kind of normally think of missionaries as that. If, if you're a missionary, it's because you're sent to another country um, to live for the rest of your life or for a few weeks or for a year or two. But we might not really think of ourselves as missionaries. We might sort of think, well, we just go about our job and we just sort of do our day-to-day -day thing. We're not really missionaries. But we're actually all sent. And then in a sense, we're all to consider ourselves missionaries. We actually carry a message and are actually on mission. Mike Frost says it this way, if our mission is to alert others to the universal reign of God through Christ, then all believers should see themselves as missionaries. We, we go, and as we go, we are sent. And actually, we have to picture ourselves, in a sense, as missionaries. Not the ones that necessarily go overseas, but maybe the ones that go to the office, or the ones that go to Coles, or the ones that go to QT, or UQ, or wherever you study, or Dakarban High School. Like, like actually, we are people who are sent just into this area. Some of us sent overseas, but all can actually consider ourselves, in a sense, as missionaries, people who are sent on mission to represent Jesus. So we're going, and as we go, we're to be living as his people. So we go and, and have a message to share, but it's not just word, but it's life. 
and its, and its deed, and it's actually the way we live. Jesus, again, said this in Acts uh, 1. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's this idea of being a witness. It's a witness has seen or experienced something, and then they, they tell about it, but they also model it or they, they reflect it. It's this, by, by living, by, by word, but also by life, we represent Jesus and, and bear witness to him. There's also this famous um, verses Jesus spoke in the Sermon on the Mount to people who were probably mostly poor, mostly weak, maybe kind of rejected from society, yet were following Jesus. He said to them, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be trampled out, thrown out and trampled underfoot. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. It said they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He gives these pictures of salt and light and says, this is what you are. Don't, don't dumb it down and lose the saltiness. Don't, don't kind of try to block the light. Be who you are. Live to reflect God. Live as his people and in doing that, people are turned to God. But th- this is, uh, th- these verses are really common and, and we kind of hear them a lot. But it's quite a profound thing that Jesus is saying. Uh, Jesus himself claims to be the light of the world. And in that claim, he's saying the world is in darkness and Jesus is the light. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the answer. He's, he's the ultimate creator. He's the one everything's heading towards. That's a, that's a really big claim. And we believe, we believe that claim. And then he says to us, you are the light of the world. Which again means the world is in darkness and confusion. And Jesus continuing to reach out through his church. And actually us living and representing him and serving him it brings light into the world. Like, it kind of sometimes we hear it so much, it's a bit of a cliche, maybe you're the light of the world. It's like, there's actually a burden of, of responsibility in that. Like, in, in our workplaces, in our families, in our streets, we carry light and actually called to live and to represent Jesus. Sometimes this even sounds like, well, we've just got to do all this stuff, we've got to make it happen, but, but it's, there's actually an ease to that. And actually, he says, you are the light. He says, don't, don't hide it. Uh, Dave Guzik says it this way, Jesus never challenged us to become salt or light. He simply said that we are. And we are either fulfilling or failing that given responsibility. It's not that we have to become something else. He says, if we know him, if we're following him, we are his people. We are to live as his people. We're to represent him. We're to, like a witness to something else, you see something, you experience it, you tell, you share about it, you live in a way that honors God. This is not saying that we try and cram things down people's throats or like push, put pressure on them at all. It's that we live in a way that honors Jesus and reflects his goodness, in a way that carries good news um, that we share with him. So it actually calls us to live as his people as the light of the world. And we're going and living as his people in the world. Uh, again, this is the idea, if we're the light, we need to be connected and in the world there's this great passage, though, when Jesus talks about, and even the idea of light and salt, there has to be a distinction. 
there has to be a difference. Um, if we go to people in the world, if we, we sort of live in our society and we just are like everybody else, there's no difference. Um, but at the same time, if we are different but we're not connected and we just sort of stay in our own little groups, there's no influence. So what we're called to do is be different but to be connected. Jesus said this in John 17 of his disciples again. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So again, he says, we are not of the world. We're called to be different. We're called to be set apart. But then we are sent into the world as light, as, as representatives to serve and to honor him. So there's a difference, but there's a call to be sent in. Again, there's this cool picture in, in Philippians where Paul talks about being a citizen of heaven. He says to the Philippian church, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a really interesting verse, because you kind of read this verse at first, and we might think, okay, our citizenship is in heaven. That means this is not our home, and we're waiting to go to heaven one day. But... It's interesting because the context that Paul is writing this is in Philippi, which is a colony of Rome. So there's Rome where the emperor is, and Philippi is actually a colony. And it's actually spreading Roman influence throughout Philippi. And the people in Philippi are not waiting to go to Rome. They're actually spreading Roman influence in Philippi, and eventually the emperor might come to Philippi. It's actually the opposite. That actually we are here as citizens of heaven, waiting a saviour, Jesus, who's coming back to earth. So we're actually not of the world. We're citizens of heaven, but we're based here. In a sense, um, like our passport is in heaven, but we're here representing the rule and the reign of heaven, of Jesus, on earth, and we're actually called to spread that influence. So, so our main identity or allegiance or identity is not in necessarily being Australians or being a part of our society or where we are, our main identity and allegiance is to heaven, and we're called to live in the world and influence with the reign of heaven. Tom Wright says it this way, the church is at present a colony of heaven with the responsibility, as we say in the Lord's Prayer, for bringing the life and rule of heaven to bear on earth. So it's not that we escape earth to get to heaven, but actually that heaven is coming to earth, and we're praying for that, and we're, we're representing that, and we're waiting a saviour who will come and who will renew the whole world. So these are cool pictures that, that we're called to, to have, that we are citizens of heaven on earth representing Jesus. We are to be the light of the world, living as his people in, in darkness, representing his goodness and his light and his truth. And we are to be missionaries who, who are sent, who are going wherever we are, in our streets, in our offices, in our schools, in other countries, going on mission representing Jesus, to go and live as his people in the world. As in that verse we read before in Luke 24, um, Jesus actually summarizes that this is a part of the story of Scripture, that, that the story of Scripture, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead in the third day. We kind of know that story. The story of the Bible is about Jesus, about his death and his resurrection. But Jesus also says the story of the Bible is about repentance and forgiveness of sins being preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. He says, actually, the story is not just about Jesus coming. It's about Jesus coming. But then it's about that message going out and spreading through the whole world. And actually, this is, this is the call to go, to be a part of that, what God is doing 
in actually spreading his kingdom and his goodness through the world. So that's kind of a quick summary. Um, I know there's a lot of scripture there and, and just kind of like really, really quick. Um, but I just wanted to sort of think a bit about this then and, and how we go about this and the motivation of why we go about this. Because that's quite a big call. Uh, it's, it's a pretty significant thing to say that, that God is at work to rescue the world and he wants to use us. Like that is, that's quite significant. And, and when we look at the world, there is huge need. Um, so many things that we could do or focus on. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. Um, so we kind of need to think, well, how, how do we go about this? Because um, otherwise it can just kind of feel like a lot of pressure even or confusion or anxiety. And maybe that's kind of normally sort of the, the, the default reaction. Okay, well, how? We just have to go. Like, we just got to get out there and do it. Like, there's a huge need in the world that there's all these people that don't know Jesus. There's all these things that don't represent what heaven is like. We just got to get out there. We just got to go. We shouldn't even really be at church now. We should be out in a community. Like, sometimes we sort of hear messages like that. Like, just go. Just, just do it. Just get going. And we might feel that sort of pressure to go. And Jesus says to go. But it's also really interesting, because you might have even noticed it in some of those verses, because Jesus says to go, but he also says to wait. And there's this tension of Jesus says to his disciples, go into all the world, but then like a second later, he says, wait. He says it a couple of times. In that Luke 24 verse, he doesn't say it exactly, but he says, stay. He says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, stay in the city, to you being clothed with power from on high. This is pretty crazy. Like, Jesus is alive from the dead. They have the answer that the world needs. They, have, they know the king. They know that he's alive. They're probably ready just to go out and tell everybody, but Jesus says, no, stay in Jerusalem. Wait. He says it again in Acts. He was eating with them, and he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there's this command to go, but there's this command to wait, to wait for the Spirit, to wait for God who's going to move, God who's going to fill them. Because when we want to go, the, the, the temptation is that we make it about us, and we think we're just going to go out there and rescue the world. We're just going to go out there and fix things. We're going to fix society. We're going to transform things. We're going to make it happen. And, and there's this, this pressure or this confidence in us. But then Jesus says, no, no, wait. It's actually God who's going to do it. It's actually him who's going to initiate it. Leslie Newbigin says this, it's impossible to stress too strongly that the beginning of mission is not an action of ours, but the presence of a new reality the presence of the Spirit of God in power. It's not primarily our mission that we're going to go out there and make things happen. We're going into the world to fix it. It's primarily that God has brought His Spirit and the Spirit is now at work in the world. And we co co cooperate with God's mission. God is the one on mission and we enter into what He's doing. Again, He says it like this, it's the Spirit who will give them power and the Spirit who will bear witness. It's not that they must speak and act, asking this, the help of the Spirit to do so. It's not that we get all these plans and, we, and have these ideas and God bless our plans and bless our ideas and, and make it happen. He says, no, it's rather that in their faithfulness to Jesus, they become the place where the Spirit speaks and acts. 
It's actually God is the one on mission. He's the one working in the world. He's the one working in people's lives, even in our offices and schools and workplace. Before we even show up, he's at work. And then we are faithful to him, and then in an amazing way, he works through us. So it's not on us that we just go. It's actually we wait, and he's the one going, and we follow what he's doing. So how? By not going in our own strength, but by the power and leading of the Spirit. It's actually God's mission. We enter into what he's doing. That's how. It actually takes the pressure off, in a sense. There's still a weight, but it's God who's leading, and we enter into what he's doing. We, we become a vessel that he can work through. And then we might say, why? What, what is our motivation? So again, this is a, a significant call, and, and a, a call to go, and not just go for a day or a week, but for our lives. And there needs to be a sustaining motivation. Uh, so what is the motivation? Again, we might say our motivation is that we love people. We, we love the world. We, we're concerned for people who don't know Jesus. We have compassion for people who are poor and broken. And, and those are good motivations. There are bad motivations in that we might say we go because we want to achieve some success or we go because we want to feel good. Like, they're not good motivations. We might have good motivations in, in love and compassion. But again, sometimes it can be easy for us to think we're just going to go and everyone's going to love this good message of good news and everyone's just going to be so happy that we're there to help and to serve. And the reality is that, that it's probably not going to be the case. That Jesus was sent and he represented his father and he suffered and went to a cross. And you can kind of think, well, we're just going to go change the world. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And then start to realize, well, actually, no, it's going to involve suffering and probably rejection and, and pain and difficulty. And what's our motivation? How is it going to be sustained? How are we going to persevere even when there's opposition, even when there's difficulty, even when there's suffering, like Jesus faced? There's this verse in John 12. Jesus says, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. It says, Jesus' servants will be where Jesus is will follow him. He says, my soul is troubled. This is leading up to going to the cross. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it's for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Jesus is in this, this, this face, place of facing the cross. And he loves the world. He loves us. He loves people. But, but ultimately, he's saying, Father, glorify your name. He wants to honor his father and follow his father. And in the same way for us, we, we're called to love the world, and God loves the world, and we're called to reach out. But the deeper motivation needs to be that we love Jesus, and we want to be where he is, and we want to see him glorified. So we go, why? Because we desire to be where he is, and we desire to see God glorified, that God is the ultimate why, and it's for people, but because God is for people. Again, Leslie Newbegin says, this, the one who has been called and loved by the Lord, the one who wishes to love and serve the Lord, will want to be where he is. Think so if we know Jesus, if we love Jesus, we will want to be where he is. Where, is. where he is is on that frontier which runs between the kingdom of God and the absurd power of the evil one. Where is Jesus? Jesus is working in the world to bring his kingdom, to deal with evil, 
to put the world to right. He's on the frontier, and he calls us to be with him. When Jesus sent out his disciples on his mission, he showed them his hands and his side. So Jesus sends his disciples, but he shows them what happened when he was sent, that there was suffering. He says, they will share in his mission as they share in his passion, as they follow him in challenging and unmasking the powers of evil. That actually we go, but like Jesus, it's in weakness, it may involve suffering, it may involve his passion. He says, there's no other way to be with him. At the heart of mission is simply the desire to be with him and give him the service of our lives. It's actually primarily about following Jesus and loving Jesus and offering our lives to him because he's at work in the world. Leslie Newbegin then says this, Mission is an acted out doxology. That's worship and praise. That is its deepest secret. The purpose is that God may be glorified. That we go for the world, but the deeper reason is we go out of worship and praise to God because we love him, because that's where he is, because that's what he's doing in the world. We go because we desire to be with him where he is and see God glorified. And as we see then, like we've kind of been talking about, these three goals of knowing, growing, and going actually don't get separated. They actually go together. Actually, we want to be people who know God and love him, that we grow to be like him and go. But we go because we're following Jesus and he's going into the world and we go because we worship him and love him and he's going into the world. And actually, these all go together. We don't, don't separate worship and mission. They go together. If we worship him and love him, he's at work in the world. We want to be with him and honor him and see him worshiped in the world. And then that's the way of following him. So these all go together. There's not distinctions. There's not separations. We need to be knowing, growing, and going. And to finish today, I suppose the the emphasis today is on going, on on being sent. And I thought to finish, we might just take a moment and just, just consider, where are you being sent this week? What does your day look like tomorrow, Monday morning, or Tuesday, Wednesday, what it what? Is it work? Is it family? Is it in the street, in the neighborhood? It's kind of easy just to start the week and just be like, okay, we've done church, it's good, get on with it, and then church again. Like, like no, this is church gathered. Tomorrow is church scattered. It, it's, it's, we're sent. From here today, we are sent into our neighborhoods, into our world, into our schools. We're, we're, it's the other side of the world in an airplane, like all, all over the place. It's pretty amazing to think about it. Like, it's pretty amazing to think of rivers. Yes, we're here as a church. Yes, we do programs here as a church. That's good. But throughout the week, we as a church are scattered all over the globe, like literally. Like people from here are all over the world and, and, and working with other people all over the world to represent Jesus. And, and that's still church. That's be, it's just church scattered, not gathered. Uh, so where, where are we being sent this week? And what would it look like to, to go with that sense? Not of having to put pressure on, but that sense of, God, what are you doing in this, this office this week? What, do, what are you doing in my school this week? What are you doing in my family, in my neighborhood, and, and how can I get on board with you? So I'm just going to pray um, and just, I guess, just begin this week as, as we're sent out afresh, um, as missionaries, as citizens of heaven, as the light of the world, to go in worship and love for Jesus. So let's, let's maybe stand together um, before we sing and, and let's pray.
Father, we just thank you that you're at work in this world, Lord. You're at work in our offices, our schools. God, that the job sites, um, universities, homes, streets, you're already there. And you are sending us, God. And we just ask for a fresh filling of your spirit to go, um, representing you, um, to go and just be a vessel for your spirit and whatever you want to do through us this week, God. Uh, We just ask that as we are sent out, that there would be light shone into the world. Um, There would be people seeing a touch of heaven, seeing the joy of your presence and your goodness. And we just thank you, God, that you send us, um, that you're with us. You say you never leave us nor forsake us. And just, yeah, ask that you'd be at work uh, for your purposes in the world through us. And we just pray this in your name. Amen.